debated. Right. I've been no, I, don't grew up. <laughs> I was gonna say nah, I grew up about some people living in life. <laughs> she was in the dark room, found room. <laughs> Sipping another sip. I'm like, why are you always running on two or three shots? I'm yeah. show you how to turn it up a notch. First you get a swimming pool full of liquor, then you dive in it. Wait <laughs> oh, a few bottles. Hello and welcome back to the Second and Two Podcast. I'm your host, TB. I got my co-host, producer extraordinaire. Oh, what was the thing we talked about last time that I said I needed to add? Uh, I don't remember. That's a tough question. It's Dang been it. two weeks, bro. Dang, uh, yeah, and I and we that's on a little vague. I'll explain. But uh, <laughs> Jody, I messed up the intro again. It's, it's cool. <laughs> Weekly event now. Um, how you feeling joe i'm good man i just you know before we get rolling into this episode leading into the super bowl i just want to say whether you're new here or you've been here since day one i'm gonna need you to hit that that subscribe button on either youtube spotify apple wherever you're getting this from because i'm gonna be honest i was looking at the numbers right and last month we did our best on downloads. We had we had a record high right there, but we done lost a follower, and I don't know how that adds up. I was like, how do we do numbers? But we're not either. We're not gaining no new people. You know what I mean? Ah, so I'm gonna need y'all on. to go hit that button. Tell us what you leave a review, and I think Apple does that. Maybe Spotify too. Drop one of those, and let's get it rolling, Broski. Yeah, yeah. We can't get better if you don't tell us what you want to hear. All right. That's what I'm saying. Um, so speaking of our our short vacay, uh, we did not record an episode last week after the championship games before the Pro Bowl. Um, one because, well, it's I mean it's kind of a dead week. Let's be honest. But two because your boy became extremely ill and I had to make a trip to the ER. So it kind of ruined our uh, yeah our plans in terms of uh of uh, recording and uh. So my guy Jody was gracious enough to just say, "Hey, bro, take the week off. We'll come yeah. back next week." Well, before the yeah, Super we'll Bowl. hit it next week when it matters. Um, again. But uh, appreciate all of you who are listening and stick with us, even when things like that happen. Um, we had planned to give you a fun episode, reviewing the uh, championship games and then doing a little Pro Bowl drafts. But um, instead, we'll we'll hit it today. Um, we're going to talk a lot of stuff. Number one, we're going to talk about all the coaching hires in this cycle. And what we like, what wow. we don't like, what we what we think could be good in the future for your team. Um, we're going to talk about some tales from the championship games since we didn't get to do a few, full review of those games. Just give you some full, uh, uh, some quick tip tidbits, quick thoughts, and then we'll mm-hmm. go full Super Bowl preview. Anything and everything you could possibly think of before the game will be here on the agenda. <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to be a fun one for sure. I got to give a shout out. Got to give a shout out to my girl hooking us up. We got the new second and two podcast neon light behind me tonight. First time it's a debut for it. 
Um, pretty sweet. <laughs> no better time than the, the the big game. I guess. I guess we don't. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter to us. We don't got no ads, but we can say Super yeah. Bowl. Unlike some people we listen to, but yeah, it, it's funny that they gotta they gotta work their way around that one this, these days. Um, but uh, I will say before we recorded the neon light, it's on its lowest setting right now. Yeah. And it is still blinding me through with the glare through my computer screen. So if uh, you ever see me blinking really hard, if you're watching on yeah. YouTube, that's yeah. why. Uh, just so you know, no secrets here. You, you got to throw on sunglasses and be like our guy PFT. And just... <laughs> <Blind> <laughs> the haters. Yeah, exactly. Future's too bright. All right. So let's, uh, let's dive right in here, Joe. We're going to talk coaching carousel right now. And uh, it finally stopped. We got some guys matched up with some hire. teams. Yeah. So we got to talk about it. And uh, the last hire did happen late last week. Um, what happened after we had recorded, if we had recorded last week anyway. So we didn't miss out on anything there. This was always uh-huh. kind of the plan. Um, so what we're going to do, Jody, we're going to go through every coach. And I'm just going to rate the hire on an old school elementary uh, A through F scale and tell you why. Oh, yeah. Let's, Let's go. So it looks like first on the paper we got the Patriots getting Gerard Mayo. What what do you what are your thoughts on that hire? Okay. So Gerard Mayo. Um he's young. He's a former player. He's well liked mm-hmm. by all accounts. A lot of people in the organization were extremely excited when that hire happened. Um I've heard a lot of things uh essentially saying that like Gerard Mayo thinks like a CEO. He's a CEO style coach, which we don't get hmm. many of now. Right? There's there's really two styles of head coaches. There is the brilliant play caller, whether it's on offense yeah. or defense, that is going to really control that one side of the ball. And then you know, real recognize real, they're gonna find someone to run that other side for them. Right. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, now they're gonna take care they're gonna take care of all the head coach stuff. But really, when you look at the breakdown, there's the head coach's side of the ball, and then like the coordinator on the other side, right? And that's yeah. kind of how things you look at what Sean McVay's done with the Rams. He's always taking care of the offense. He's found the brilliant play caller on defense, whether it was Wade Phillips or um or Raheem, Raheem Morris, Morris or um Brandon Staley, whoever, right? He's had successful coordinators on the other side. Um, isn't he back while well, well, you mentioned it? Brandon Staley? Yeah. Uh he's not back with the Rams. He's he's oh, interviewing he's right now. He's gonna be someone's mm. DC. He'll be someone's DC. Um and then uh you know, you look at like other examples of that with the Bengals, right? You got Zach Taylor, he really runs the offense, he lets Lou yeah. Rumo run the defense, et cetera, et cetera. Now, that's really new. That's a last ten years type of thing. Right. Prior to that, a lot more often than not, you had true CEO head coaches. Um, and you have that less and less yeah. now. Um, just the face. But they, yes, they run the show. They run the operation of everything. Mm-hmm. The entire team flows through them. They have their three coordinators, offense, defense, special teams, but all yeah. game plans flow through them at the end of the day, right? And mm-hmm. again, even when you have a play caller, it's not to say that stuff doesn't happen. It's just different. It's a little bit different breakdown. All right, so Gerard Mayo, by all accounts, he's described as this old school CEO type coach in a new school mindset, right? Um, okay. Now the big thing for him that's gonna be tough. The guy is following Billy Bill Belichick. B. Yeah. Okay. And right now the team is fairly devoid of talent. There's a true rebuild that needs to happen. So mm-hmm. his job is not easy. However, 
he seems fit for the job. So I'm giving this this grade, this hire a B plus. And the reason okay. being, a couple things. Number one, they really didn't conduct a search because they had yeah, it written into his contract that he was always going to be, you know, secretly sort of written in that he was always going to be the guy to take the job if Bill oh. ever left. Right. That's, That's how crazy. they were able to hire him so quickly. That also speaks volumes to what Robert Kraft thinks of Gerard Mayo that, hey, we yeah, don't need definitely. a search whenever this happens. Okay. The second thing is what I mentioned earlier the toughness of the job that he has to follow Bill Belichick. Okay. No, no mm-hmm. one really wants to do that, um, <laughs> especially when the team is not built to go win right now. Okay. Yeah. So he's got a tough job. A lot of reasons. So rating it, putting that all together, B. Plus. I like the hire. Okay. Um, who we got next? All right, next, we're looking at Titans. They got Brian Callahan. Uh, where is he from? I don't even know that name from nothing. So we brought up the uh, the Bengals earlier. He was the Bengals OC. Okay. okay. So um, I'll be honest, probably my least favorite hire of all of them. He was definitely one that came out of left field. He's had some interviews the last couple years, yeah. um, but I just don't think of all the young play call or, you know, um, offensive minds. Um, I'm not sure that a lot of people were expecting Brian Callahan to be the one to get a job here in this in this that cycle at least. Um, I think a lot of people told you Ben Johnson right before that. Um, Slowick, Slowick, exactly right. And uh, but Callahan has interviewed for the last couple of years for for head coaching okay. jobs. He's young. Um, he's an offensive mind. They haven't had an offensive minded head coach in in Tennessee in in quite some time. Yeah. Um, Obviously, he is replacing Vrabel, though, right? And Vrabel did a really good job. I know there was a falling out in terms of ownership and Rand Carthon, their new GM, who was hired about this time last year. Um, And I think, you know, from everything that we've read, there might have been a power struggle there in terms of what Vrabel wanted, what the GM Uh and ownership wanted. Um, And there was all that was tough to get them all on the same page. And at the end of the day, yeah look like you know they they said hey we're gonna go find someone who is more aligned with our with what we're trying to do with the organization right and they yeah. decided that was brian callahan kind of weird. i think I, I it's not that i think brian callahan's a bad coach i don't want anyone to think that i'm not giving this an f um uh-huh. <laughs> it's just that the experience factor we don't have a lot to go off of with Brian Callahan. We That's don't really true. know a lot. And I do think Tennessee is another situation where it's a little bit of a rebuild. Now, I think they feel like they've got the guy and Will Levis at quarterback. That's huge. That's true. Um, they've, they've recently added talent on the offensive line. You know, I love Peter Skaronsky, who they drafted last year. So there's, there's some good stuff there that they can build upon. They're also going to have to kind of rebuild their skill offensive skill positions that the, the yeah. AJ Brown trade still hurts right now. Um, Eric Henry's probably on Eric the move. Henry's probably going out the board. Yeah. I love yeah. Tajay Spears who they drafted last year. Yeah. Um, he's all around, but ultimately there's, there's going to be a lot of stuff they're going to have to rebuild. And this is not an yeah. easy job in my opinion. So in total, I put all that together. I'm giving this, this hire a C plus and I'm ranking it the worst hire of the cycle. Um, and when I say hire, it's not, again, it's not necessarily just the, the head coach. It's also the pairing with the franchise that they're at and the, mm-hmm. and the well, how tough a job Your I think they might have. is at the moment. Yeah, that mm-hmm. makes sense. So next up, we're looking at Vegas, the place hosting the Super Bowl. 
And it's our guy Antonio Pierce. He was the interim. Now he now he's got the reins. They they hired him, which is nice. I know the, I know Max Crosby definitely happy about that one. Yeah, um, I I'm excited about this one. I, I'm thrilled to see a young black head coach, former player, get mm-hmm. this opportunity because it it's felt like in recent years that that hasn't been happening. So I, I was pretty excited when I saw that they did give him this job. I also expected it. I thought this is what they would do. Thought is what they should do. Yeah. Quite frankly, it, made, it definitely made sense, um, especially the way they close out at, the year. Yeah, you look at the fact that he's a former player. That's you know the the idea yeah. of nowadays reaching players. Um, you know, it used to be like there's the players' coach and then the hard coach. I yeah, think yeah. nowadays that this breed of player that you have, you have to be a players' coach. Um, now that doesn't mean you don't hold them accountable and that doesn't mean you don't coach them hard. There's just a, like, you you have to build a relationship with your players. And if you've oh, been through the wars, I think you automatically earn some respect. Yeah. And also it allows players to trust you quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I think sense, Antonio honestly. Pierce has that going for him. He was well liked by the stars. Obviously Max Crosby yep. said, hire this man or trade me. I'm so, out. Yeah. He stood on the table. <laughs> I for That's standing on the table, man. That's staying um, on business. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he had a good finish of the year. And then the last part of it, you heard a lot of people talk about this when he was hired as the interim. Antonio Pierce kind of has that, like, that attitude to him, right? I, I, I don't mm. know if you remember during, uh, I think it was Sunday Night Football. Maybe it was Thursday Night Football. I can't remember. One of the primetime games this year, they talked about, how his team was uh, the high school team, Long Beach Poly, that he was coaching. How yeah. he made them run gassers at halftime because of the way they were <laughs> behaving, even though they were winning by like 40 or something like that. Yeah, ended up beating crazy. this team by 60 <laughs> or something. And he had that team running gassers at halftime. Like that's, he carries kind of an attitude of like, this is how we're going to play football. And yeah. like, there's no, that's why I mean, he's a player's coach, but he's going to hold them accountable clearly. I know there's yeah, a difference definitely. between high school kids and, <laughs> and NFL players, but you can see he has standards and he's going to hold you to it. Yeah. And uh, so I think that kind of like that idea of the Raider way, I think mm-hmm. he has the attitude mentality. He could bring a little bit of that back. So I really like this hire. I think he fits Vegas. I think he fits their culture. Um, the players definitely. who are currently there seem to really like him. So I, honestly, I think you put all that together. I'm giving this hire an A minus and I like the pairing. Yeah, I will say I I guess he was on Pat McAfee today and I heard just like a little snippet of it and just I knew it was his voice just based off like the tone. And I was like, that man just it just speaks volumes like that. I commands knew it was a room. his voice in like two seconds. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it, I didn't even hear it from the start. My buddy was listening to it. And then he, he took out his AirPod to like I could hear too. And so it's just crazy. Like the not not tone, but like of weight that gets carried from his voice i don't know i can't think of a better word yeah. right now but yeah the next up we're looking at the chargers which you know who their head coach is near and dear to your heart jim harbaugh looks like this is the best one of the night so i want to hear why you gave this one the a plus okay chargers fans get ready to be excited i know you guys have been let down before i know it's been a tough stretch right a tough 20 yeah, plus definitely. years you gotten your hopes up for the likes of LT, Antonio Gates, Philip Rivers, right? Norv Turner, all of it. You got Justin Herbert and you just paired him with Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh's won everywhere he's been. USD, Stanford, 
San Francisco 49ers, Michigan. Now he's with the Los Angeles Chargers, right? This guy has won everywhere he's been as a head coach. It doesn't matter the level. It doesn't matter the talent pool he inherits. The guy finds a way to win, right? And it usually happens within the first few years. You're you're a legitimately contending program. Now everyone's going to yeah. say, well, it took him nine years to win a national championship at Michigan. It took six <laughs> years to get Ohio State. Oh, that's true. That oh, sounds that's like true, me. That's, I said he that took over. I, know, I just wanted to see what you would say. He took over. <laughs> A Michigan program that, quite frankly, after the Rich Rod era, was pretty uh-huh. much in shambles, right? It, it, uh-huh. And Brady made it a little better. It, it wasn't good. And he took it over. And it only took him two, three years to make them legitimately competitive. I mean, that by 2016, he had them in that game with Ohio State where they lost on the fourth and one that looked like Ohio State didn't get it. And, and had they won that game, they're in the playoffs. So he had them right there pretty quickly. And he did eventually get over the hump. That's the thing. He did win a national championship. He did that, right? You know, he had Stanford upsetting USC. Yeah, true. He had the Niners in the NFC championship like look. every year, right? Also true. Um, so made to the Super Bowl versus I think brother. You, you put all that together. Plus, the reason he left, he had a cushy gig at Michigan. He could have retired there. He would have yeah, been beloved. Definitely. He didn't Especially have to prove winning. anything else in his career. Yeah. But you know what the guy wants? You know why he left? He wants and a freaking ring. Super Bowl. He wants yeah. a ring. And he said "There's you can't win a world championship in college football like you can in the NFL. And that's why he left. The man yeah. is hungry. You put all that together with the talent the Chargers already have, specifically Justin Herbert, this yeah. is a home run. This is a home run pairing. It's an A+. Plus. It's the best hire of the cycle. Now, how do you? Who do you think they take in the draft? I know this is skipping ahead a lot of months right here, but I, I've been seeing the mock drafts, and it looks like they're taking the receiver. So, do you think that's smart, or do you think they build the O line? I, I think they should go O line in see, my eyes. But see, if people who have them taking a receiver, they got too I don't many. Know. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. Have you watched Michigan and Jim Harbaugh in recent years? <laughs> yeah, running the ball. Yeah, don't be surprised if they take a running back, bro. <laughs> did you see? Okay, and since we're talking thing. running back, did you see Chargers Saquon? Just, he said he's like Saquon would be nice to have. I did which see is that. Crazy. Think about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did. Just a Chargers fan. Don't stress. Sit back and enjoy the off season. No matter what you think of any moot, the guy knows how to build winning football. The the taking the receiver is what you guys did last year. How'd yeah, that true. work out with Quentin Johnson? Ooh, I'm sorry. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> he revive his career. And you know who might be able to do that is Jim Harbaugh. But my point being, you got, you're going to do things differently, Chargers fans. Just just enjoy the ride, okay? Because it's going to work out for you. It's their um, year. Who we got next? The next one we got is the Panthers. Looks like they got Dave Canales. And he was an OC. What was it? In, I don't Tampa. remember where. Tampa. I was going to say Miami, but I knew that was not the answer. <laughs> so I'm going to be honest. I've been pretty impressed with Dave Canales this year. Um, when Tampa hired him to be their OC and paired him with Baker, yeah. I was kind of curious about that. I, I wasn't sure how he would do. I knew he had done some good things in Seattle. Um, he had obviously worked with Geno Smith, you know, the year before and Geno had really, you know, kind of broken back out. But yeah, um, and so I was curious to see what he would do. I think the thing that I like about him um is he brings great energy to the and he breeds 
belief and confidence. You can hear Baker Mayfield has talked about this and in uh-huh. terms of, hey, Dave did things that I liked. He made sure I felt confident. We ran plays that that I felt good about, that he hmm. was confident in. You know, We built a lot of that together. I think he's a very collaborative coach. Um, makes sense. He's he's kind of that new school, young, high energy type of guy. Um, And it felt like the Panthers have been stagnant for the last couple of years. Um, You know, that may be more about their owner than it has been about their head coach or or the GM. I mean, he doesn't give their coaches any time to to fix anything that you get in two years. You got some losing records. All right. Later. Yeah, because I would tell you that Matt Rule and Frank Reich are two guys that I really respect. Yeah. Um, in coaching, so uh, you know, which is not to say that they did a good job. They, they obviously didn't get the job done, right? Okay, we're not saying right. that, but um, I do think the change of pace with Dave Canales is good, and it's huge for Bryce Young because you got to get Definitely. that fixed. You got to help him. Yeah, um, he he's a guy who's got a lot of talent, and last year he was kind of left on an island by himself. So you got to <laughs> you got to figure that out. And I think Dave Canales is a guy who can do that. And he's got the energy to take on this task because let's be honest, the Panthers' job was the worst one that was open. Definitely, you don't have your first round pick this years. year. Yeah. Your offensive line has, is is brutal. You're you're coming off a team that has hired. A, this is the third coach in three years now with an mm-hmm. owner that has kind of shown that he might meddle in a lot of the stuff. Okay, yeah. so it's not it was not a desirable job, and yet I think Dave Canales is the right guy for it. Like I said, he he did a good job with Baker and Gino. I think he can do a good job with Bryce Young and build something special there. So for that reason, I, I actually gave this hire a B. I think there may be people who are surprised about that, but I'm telling you, I really do like Dave Canales for that franchise. Yeah, I will say you kind of sold me on just like if you don't even think about him being the head coach. If you look at the quarterback situations he's had mm-hmm. with Baker alone, that makes That's perfect sense so to important. bring him in with, with Bryce Young. Because mm-hmm. probably similar similar in stature, Bryce Young's obviously a little bit lighter, but similar height, and you could and the dude's young. He's definitely got all the coachability you could have and, and want out of a, a player. So I think that makes perfect sense. Next up, though, it looks like we're t- looking at the Falcons, who got Raheem Morris from the from our 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 beloved franchise, LA. And took him out, and and the he took the OC too. He was like, you know what, I'm gonna join my homie over there. Seems like mm-hmm. we got good good things Zach going. Robinson, yeah. Um, I I was really, uh, I I mean, I was excited for Harbaugh, right? Yeah. I was excited for Antonio Pierce, but of anybody who I felt like deserved this job in this cycle, it was Raheem Morris. Um, I know he's been a head coach before, and it didn't go well. That was also like yeah. 10 years ago when he was That's in Tampa. Crazy. I mean, and he was so impressive as a young coach that he got that job really young. And he said himself, I think that, you know, hey, maybe he was a little young, maybe he wasn't quite ready. But yeah. that experience and then being on staff since then, right? He was on the Falcon staff when they went to the Super Bowl. He was the Rams DC when they won the Super Bowl, right? He's done mm-hmm. a lot of really good things since then in his career. And you had... You know, it really stuck with me when they asked Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan, like, hey, who would you hire right now if you need a head coach? And both those guys, without a doubt, no hesitation, said, oh, Raheem Morris. Like, one, coming from McVay, maybe we expect that. That's the guy who he works for, right? (laughs) They they have a great relationship, obviously. 
coming from Shanahan, who's an in-division rival, who has to mm-hmm. see that guy, that defense, two times a year. No, come on now, right? He has no greater respect. <laughs> um, and I think his peers knew he's that guy. Um, I saw mm-hmm. a lot you know, from the Rams organization. Kevin Nemoff, their president, was like really talking about Raheem should be a head coach. He's ready. He's He's been ready. He's yeah. like a mark of excellence, right? And so I – I uh, I'm really excited for him. I think his experience as a former head coach, winning a Super Bowl as a defensive coordinator, the job he did this year with that really young Rams defense, and they got better every week. And then the ties that he has to McVay in terms of now he can bring that offense. You know, as you mentioned, they hired Zach Robinson, yeah. who is the pass game coordinator in LA, to be the OC there. You bring that offense with you, and then you add it to the talent that they have there. Oh yeah, with Bijan and Drake London, yeah, you gotta get figure out the quarterback thing. But then also the talent they have on defense, like Raheem Morris is going to do some really good stuff with some of those guys they had they brought in on defense. So yeah. ultimately, oh, man, I think this this Falcons team could be really good like quickly. Um, yeah. So I was really excited Makes about sense. this hire. Um, I graded it as an A. Yeah, no, yeah, it, it seems like a good spot to be in, especially. Being defense in mind, their defense was pretty solid last year. It was just the the QB situation that was that would make the games wishy washy. But the next team we're taking a look at is going to be the Seahawks, and they got Mike McDonald. McDonald, I I, mm-hmm. I I don't even know. Hopefully, I said that right. And he's from uh, the the Ravens, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the Ravens, DC. Um, the last two years before that, the Michigan, DC. So he loves the Harbaugh's. But, you know, he's a he's a young – he is the foil to all these young offensive minds being hired, hired right now. Uh-huh. Like there's no better sense. young defensive mind in the game. I mean, I, I'm – the guy went from being like not even a position coach on the Ravens staff. He was like an analyst or whatever. Like he was low man on the totem pole on the Ravens staff uh-huh. to Michigan, D.C., to Ravens, D.C., to head coach in four years. That's crazy. So my dude no wasn't even like... No more meteoric rise than that. Like, I mean, it it reminds me of what McVay did when he was in Washington. He's like the tight ends coach. Oh, now he's the OC. All of a sudden, he's the Rams head coach. And you're like, whoa, how did that happen? And yeah. it was because like people who got this guy in a room realized, oh my gosh, he's brilliant. Like he knows his stuff. Um, And I think he mirrors, you know... What like I was talking about earlier, younger coaches that understand how to build these relationships with their players and get the most out of them. Every uh-huh. Baltimore Raven on defense talked about how much they love Mike McDonald, right? So mm-hmm. I think he's the perfect foil to, you know, the the Rams having McVay in division, the 49ers having Shanahan in division. Yeah, right? like it's it's uh and and the Shanahan tree struggled by the way against his defense this year. Shanahan himself. Bobby Slowick with the Texans. All these teams struggled against that defense. So he's, uh, I guess you could call him the Shanahan stopper, whatever. (laughs) So much sense for Seattle. They've got great organizational structure. I'm um, not surprised. They made a hire that I really like. So ultimately, man, he's it's an A. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, maybe we see some, some ties to the old Legion of Boom out there with the defensive head coach. Who knows? Let's see. Lastly, on the on the docket today, we got the Commanders. They hired Dan Quinn. He's from the Cowboys. 
looks like you gave him a B minus. And also another in division coach, which is kind of crazy. Um, you know, here's the thing with Dan Quinn. Um, it's a little up and down, but the guy went to a Super Bowl as a head coach. Um, he had some great defenses in Dallas, like fantastic. True. Um, the big thing has been the last couple of years in the playoffs is defenses haven't performed great and they haven't finished, which is a similar theme to that Falcons team he took to the Super Bowl that couldn't finish that game. So yeah. there's yeah. there's there's some really good stuff that I like about Dan Quinn. There's some stuff that it kind of goes you know up and down. Like I said, you hope that the experience he brings will help stabilize Washington a little bit and and make them. They just haven't been a very good franchise for a while now, let's be honest. Yeah. And so you hope that that combined with the fact that he did bring in a you know a legit OC. And I think that, you know, we'll see who they draft at quarterback, more than likely at the top of the draft here. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think there's some good stuff to like, but it is a little up and down. So for that reason I gave it a B minus. Um, I will and I will say it's kind of tough that they kind of sold all their defensive dudes and now they bring in Dan Quinn. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of a tough situation to start in to begin with in my eyes. Yeah, and and we'll see. He's got plenty of draft capital. He's got a lot of um, cap room though. So you, that's the other mm. thing. You put all that together, and that's that that job isn't necessarily one that was undesirable. I think there was a lot of things to like about it. Yeah, um, definitely. So we'll we'll see what DQ can do in in DC, but um, yeah, I you know you look at it, I I think this is a pretty good hiring cycle to be honest with you. I think we're gonna see some successes. I hope so. Yeah, get the ball rolling quick, make the league more enjoyable because there's gonna be a lot more competition. You know what I mean? Yeah, way you do that quicker. But let's see, we're gonna get into the re or is this recap from? Two weeks ago, is that what this is? Yeah, yeah, we got a little uh, tales from the AFC Championship mm. here. Uh, anybody who listens to the uh, Ryan Rosillo podcast, you know he's got tales from the couch. He talks about NBA <laughs> hoops, you know. So this is a little play on that, but just just some thoughts that I had from these championship yeah. games. That you know, like I said, we didn't do a full recap, so I want to give my thoughts really quick, which will lead us into the Super Bowl preview. Definitely, um, definitely. We'll start in the AFC Championship game. Mahomes started out completely on fire. He played he ten great. for ten or something. Yeah, yeah, he played great against that Ravens defense. They were the big thing is they were winning on the outside whenever the Ravens played man, and Travis Kelsey and Rashi Rice were fantastic in the game. And we will cover some of that in our Super Bowl preview. You'll see some film here. But you know, I think Mike McDonald then adjusted as the game went on. He started bringing pressure, but playing zone behind it, less man. So you started getting some fire zones, but then also you started getting simulated pressure where it looks like, oh, they're going to bring a fifth rusher from this side, right? But then he drops out and they bring, you know, the fifth guy from here. Or, hey, it looks yeah. like they're bringing four and you got a three-man front. We're going to blitz here, but, oh, now we're going to drop out. We're going to bring it here, right? So – they got more creative and and not showing their hands so early, but also being able to play zone on the back end. They were better when they played zone. Kyle Hamilton is insane. The man is everywhere. Like in the second half, I thought I was watching 2007 Troy Polamalu. 
Like Kyle <laughs> Hamilton's that's his comp. That's the only thing I could that's the only person, the only safety I've ever seen who could play and do all the things he does. And yeah, that's I no disrespect to any of the other safeties. There are there are maybe better safeties doing the things they did, but like if you think about Troy Palomalu, the thing that made him amazing was you could see him at the line of scrimmage and then before the snap he's in the middle of the field. Or you could see him at twenty yards deep, but before the snap, he's jumping over the line and making a tackle yeah, in the backfield. Crazy to see. He felt like he could be everywhere at once. That was Kyle Hamilton in this game. I'm telling you, he popped. You didn't even have to be looking for him, and you'd be like, "Oh, another Kyle Hamilton play." There was a series. There was like a three play series where it was like PBU Kyle Hamilton tackle for a one yard loss. Kyle Hamilton. Oh, they targeted Kyle Hamilton and it was blanketed, so the ball goes throw, thrown out of bounds. Three, three, three and out, <laughs> and it was like, "Oh my gosh, Kyle Hamilton made every play." So I was – I mean, he's a star. I was just really impressed, though, with Kansas City's defense. Um, I was disappointed, though, in Todd Munkin and Lamar Jackson. Obviously, outside that one big play he had early in the game. Tough game for Zay Flowers as well. Yeah. Good reminder that the, oh. uh, the Chiefs secondary, they're elite, man. They are elite. And uh, ultimately, I think the Ravens made a lot of mental mistakes. I think they were – a little too amped up for the game and so they made a lot of bad mistakes and the chiefs experience just showed up in that they knew in the second half they didn't necessarily have to get sexy to win like hey Mm -hmm. we can sit on it and we'll play a game that doesn't give you extra opportunities to go beat us Uh, our defense is playing so well that mahomes didn't take any chances in the second Mm -hmm. half he only took a a real big shot and that was at the end of the game and that was the killer mbs yeah um and they made the plays when they needed to so ultimately i mean those those are kind of my takeaways the ravens defense is still elite mahomes is an amazing decision maker and todd munkin could have had a better game plan that's kind of what i came with definitely yeah i think lamar probably should have ran the ball a little bit more frequently than he did he it looked like he got caught guessing too many times. Should I throw it? Should I run? And then you know you lose like four or five yards. And then Zay Flowers, that was tough at the goal line, getting the ball popped out. That was a a, a shot to the heart for sure. Tough game. But let's see the NFC, the Lions, Niners. It was the, what a game, huh? Niners yeah. making the comeback. That that game was uh. It's tough for your boy to watch. I mean, okay, let's let's start with this. The Lions, they had the 49ers defense on their heels for basically the first six drives. I went back and looked at it. They scored three touchdowns. They had the field goal. They punted once, and they turned it over on downs once. Okay, mm-hmm. so this is their first six drives extend through the uh, first drive of the second half. Yeah, But they gained at least 29 yards on each of their first six drives. Mm-hmm. Um. And and essentially, you know, had 24 points in six drives. So that's pretty good, man. I mean, they had that 49ers defense on their heels. They were running every trick play worked. I mean, it was all Ben Johnson was in the bag early. From the Lions perspective, I think everyone's going to point out the fourth down decisions. Yeah, Um, I think kicking the field goal at the end of the half was the absolute right choice because that's a zero sum game there. You know, if you go for it and don't get it, you're right at the at halftime, so you don't get the benefit of them being on like the two yard line mm-hmm. and having to drive the field, right? You get nothing. Um, so I think taking the points there was the right move. I liked that. You wanted to come 
go into halftime with those points. Again, you want to have something to show for that drive. At least in a normal circumstance, if you go for it there and don't get it, the other team's on the one-yard line, two-yard line, right? And so now you force them to drive the field. You're expecting, hey, we're going to get great field position coming back anyway. Um, When it's right near halftime, you don't get that. So I like the field goal there to go up 24-7 in a halftime. I thought that was smart. Um, In the second half, I liked both decisions to go for it. You have fourth and two from the San Francisco 28. Um, So that would have been a 45-yard field goal. Or fourth and three from the San Francisco 30. That's a 47-yard field goal. Um, Here's the big reason I liked both those choices to go for it. Yeah, Michael Badley. Badgley. He's 77% on field goals between 40 and 49 in his career. And these are on both on the you know farther back end of that 40 to 49, right? Yeah, we talked about 45 and 47. And the Lions were 15 of 20 or 75% on fourth and three or fewer during 2023. And they were two for two in the playoffs in those situations. Yeah. So if we're saying the percentages are equal in terms of conversion, yeah, then – to me, the payoff is much greater when you go for it than yeah, no. kicking the field goal. And the and the risk was the same. So everyone's right. saying, I oh, they should kick the field goal. Better. They 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 likely they they just as likely missed the field goal as they yeah. met them not they getting get that fourth and two. And then where the ball was. So in my mind, I, I liked the uh the payoff of those and because again it's greater with the risk being essentially the same mm-hmm. um i think where the lions truly messed up and many people have pointed this out I'm not acting like i'm the first one to say this but <laughs> it was the third down run near the goal line at the end of the game that forced them to use their first time out because once they did that under the two minute warning you're basically saying if we score the only way you can get it back is an onside kick yeah. but if they'd had all three timeouts if they just thrown four times because they did score on fourth down throwing the ball. So if you just throw the ball four times there and it's either a touchdown or incomplete, well, now you could have had all three timeouts. You could have had a last-ditch shot at getting the ball back. So, you know, from the 49ers' perspective, I think Brock Purdy continues to be the talking point. It's everyone's favorite right now. My greater worry for them is their defense. Yeah, um, They no sure. longer consistently get pressure with only four. And their secondary isn't quite as good as it was a couple years ago. Um, They're still trying to rely on that front four to get pressure without bringing extra guys, but it's just not getting home as much when you look in the numbers. Now, people are going to say, well, they have the same sack numbers. Yeah, but teams are throwing the ball more on them, so their sack percentage is a lot lower than it has been. Um, And Mm, we'll get to that when we talk about that Super Bowl matchup, but – I do think this could be a problem in the Super Bowl. And then it yeah. puts a lot of pressure on Purdy. If Mahomes is scoring a lot and Purdy has to match him, you know, he hasn't been in, consistent in, in the playoffs. Yeah. Now he's 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 avoided critical errors and sometimes kind of luckily because he's had guys drop picks, but he's really been clutch when they've needed him at the same time. So you gotta as much as I might give him some some grief here. I also will give him the you know the credit for being successful in those clutch moments when they've needed it. So yeah. the question is, if the 49ers can't get pressure with four and Mahomes is doing his thing, can Purdy match him? Is he good enough to do that right now in the Super Bowl? You know, we may find out. So, um, yeah, that's what I thought. I mean, did you have anything on the NFC Championship, Joe? 
Uh, I think the the Niners caught a big break. They were definitely getting smoked early on. I think this is one of the first times we've seen the Niners come back from this big of a deficit in general. Yep. Which is also pretty crazy. I mean, the it seems like Brandon Ayuk shows out at the end of games recently. I don't know why he's not utilized more early on. Maybe they just run the ball, and then, then once it's time to come, it's like, all right, let's start throwing it. I don't know. Uh, from this game, though, I think that it was basically, like you said, the four downs are what kind of killed them in the end. It was like what was good. It was working, and then you kind of decided, do you want to kick? Now nah, let's just, you know, I don't know. The inconsistency and not kind of shot him in the foot. And I guess their defense, too, in the end, we, we talked about them on and off that, you know, the defense was looking bad. They got better. And then to let up that many points in the second half is kind of tough, too. Yeah. Um, all right. So with all that being said, it's time, dude. Let's preview yeah. the Super Bowl, the last game of the year. This is generally the week where I start getting depressed because we have no, more football, no more football until August. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and I know it. This is the last game. This is all we get. And we just hope and pray for a great one. You know, we, mm-hmm. if we're going to go out. Yeah. Let's go out on a bang. And we got one last year. We got one the year before. Like the last couple games have been awesome. So let's, uh, let's hope that that trend continues with the Super Bowls here. Um, all right. Let's start here. The over-under, Joey, is 47 and a half. Kind of high. I'm not going to lie. Kind of high. We will likely reveal how we like over or under each year at the at the end when we give you our score prediction. But yeah, true. if you just had a, an initial lean when you saw that number, how you, how were you feeling? I was thinking, honestly, I kind of might have talked myself into the under. So I, I think it definitely says you should take the under, no doubt. But that, you know, later on we'll see how I truly feel about that statement. But, yeah, I, I, I think the more shocking thing is – who's favorited with the Niners being minus one and a half, probably two. I've heard two in recent times. It's, it's moved around. Yeah. This was uh, from ESPN as of this morning. So, oh, okay, I yeah. mean, it could be, I've two, seen it as high half. as two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Niners. I think that's, but, but it's always been, always been the Niners as favorites. Um, that stayed pretty consistent over the week and a half since they revealed the line. Um, yeah, I'm with you. It is a little surprising. I still think people are kind of like, ah, I don't know about that Chiefs receiver group. Um, yeah, and, and people I mean, really they made like it this far with that same group. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, I, we'll talk about it. Trust me. I'll give you, I'll give you what I think. Um, let's start here. Uh, the Super Bowl is known for all the prop bets you can get. And we're going to give you some fun ones later. But, Jody, let's start on the 49ers side. Um, what are some bets you like going into the game? All right, so to start it off, I'm looking at Brock Purdy yards. It sits at 247.5. I'm looking at the under on this one. I think, for me, I think their keys to success is running the ball, and I don't think they need him throwing the ball all too much, and they got to be more selective, you know, maybe kill the clock, keep keep our guy Patty Mahomes off the field, which is why I like his under on his passing yards. And speaking of running the ball, Christian McCaffrey, I think his line, yeah, his not his line sits at ninety and a half, which is a little high. Don't get me wrong, I do think it's very doable, 
But I think what's more important is that we take our guy Debo Samuel to rush over 16 and a half. He, you know, get some jet sweeps, get him coming off the edge. They even line him up in the backfield every now and again. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if he beats that. And while we're on the topic of rushing yards, let's take Christian McCaffrey to get a touchdown. No matter how it is, let's take that. It, my guy's been automatic for pretty much all year except for one game when Juszczyk took it from him. But mm-hmm. that, that's a that's a no-brainer. And the closeout. With receiving for the 49ers, we're going to take Brandon Ayuk under four and a half receiving yard. Or, no, sorry, not receiving yard. That, that'd be crazy. That'd be tough. It'd be four and a half receptions. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that would, that'd be me throwing away money at that point. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Brandon Ayuk under four and a half receptions. And we're going to take George Kittle over his receiving yards at 47 and a half. That one's just, well, like- I've talked about the past couple weeks. He, he's killed that one for I don't know how long. And that's like his go-to guy. So yeah, those are mm-hmm. those are my picks on the Niners side. I like all of it, um, and I'm going to talk about the 49ers offense right now, so that th- this all makes sense. But um, I think the 49ers have a big advantage in the run game, so I love, um, you know, CMC to get a touchdown. I like them to be maybe less pass heavy than they've been, so I like the Brock yeah. Purdy under on yards there. Um, if they are more run heavy that means the play action game is probably going to be good for him which means you do like Kittle there um so I do mm-hmm. like the over on yards there too as well um the Debo at 16 and a half rushing yards is always kind of a fun one because you know they can always give him the ball and it yeah, may only definitely. take one carry for him to get that because he's so explosive breaks yeah. so many tackles so um I like all of it and with that being said let's look at the 49ers offense versus the Chiefs defense first off that side of the ball okay When the 49ers are at their best, um, Shanahan is using creative motions and and blocking schemes in the run game. And he's, you know, giving Christian McCaffrey space and getting him the ball consistently. You know, when you see them, uh, once they start doing that, right, what does that set up for them? It's it's play action, right? They They can get the ball into the middle of the field on the play action game and set up explosive passing plays. They're also good at getting the ball in the perimeter quick and then letting their guys, their playmakers, make plays. All right? Yeah. So I tell that, and it's a great setup because we're about to watch them do all three things against the Lions to start <laughs> the second half. All right, this three-play series coming out of halftime when they absolutely had to have some points, get themselves back on track. They're down 24-7, right? They've been at the half. They're talking at halftime. Okay, what do we need to do? Okay, well, first thing you got to do is come out creative motion with with uh with Kyle or uh, George Kittle and then Kyle Juszczyk. Okay, now mm-hmm. we're going to toss it and we got a lead blocker and we're zoning that thing out. Boom 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 getting everyone on the perimeter. Get Christian McCaffrey nine in space. Yards, huh? A 9 yard first down run, right? You can see it from this end. Not one motion, but two. Force the defense to adjust twice and they're just running zone with the lead Kyle Ch- Kyle Juszczyk leading up in the hole, right? Gets him a nine-yard yeah. carry on first down. Now they vary their tempo a little bit. They're going to go a little quicker off of that. And what comes next? Play action. You guessed it. And now what does he find in the middle of the field? Debo Samuel. Now mm-hmm. you can see it from this angle. It's a great concept from Shanahan because watch these two linebackers. Again, it's second and one. You just came off a nine-yard first down run by Christian McCaffrey. So what are they going to do when they see play action here? They got to respect the run game. Look at it. 
They are both yeah. coming up. They're charging. Now, both guys say, oh, it's play action. I got to get back. Too late, dude. You already took too many yeah. steps up. Now that that window is there for Debo. Mm-hmm. And now it's like a 25-yard gain, and it's an explosive yeah, right pass on second down. Okay, now what did I say the third thing was? Quick, quick game on the perimeter, getting the, the ball into their guys' hands. And because the thing that Shanahan is also very good at is he recognizes when a guy has some momentum, right? He recognizes when one of his guys is like, you know, specifically Debo. Debo's very streaky. Like, yeah, Debo true. has a big play. You want to get Debo three more touches right after that, right? So yeah. who are they going to get the ball to? They run another creative motion, get Debo on the perimeter, oh, straight to the right? Little high-low read. Purdy makes the right decision, throws it short. Now this defender, the corner, has him dead to rights. Should be a tackle for actually a, a two-yard loss. What does Debo do? He's so good at Don't breaking that first tackle. Now you got a 10-yard play. So again, in offense that was essentially lifeless in the first half, comes out in the second pat, second half and starts it with a 9-yard run, a 25-yard pass, and a 10-yard pass, right? Three mm-hmm. explosive or near-explosive plays in a row to get them going, okay? Now, on the flip side, the Chiefs' defense has been elite in the secondary throughout the year because Trent McDuffie, Legereus Sneed, Justin Reed, Mike Edwards, those guys play extremely well together. They communicate. They're athletic enough to make a lot of plays with with pretty much any receiver group. In the playoffs, they've given up 7 points, 24 points, and 10 points. I don't know if you can do math there, but 13.67 points per game is elite. I know I've used that word twice now when talking about this Chiefs defense, but (laughs) they have been in a lot of areas, especially in the playoffs. And they've played – it's not like they've played awful offenses, dude. They've played the Dolphins, which were one of the more explosive offenses in yeah, the league in, that's for sure. during the regular season. Then they played the Bills, the Bills. with Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. And then they played Lamar the Ravens Jackson. with Lamar Jackson. Again, so you're yeah. talking three top 10, at the very least, quarterbacks and three top 10 offenses, and they shut them all down. Yeah. Right? So – the major weakness for the Chiefs, though, is this. They give up 4.5 yards per carry right now. Ooh. And that happens to be a great strength for the 49ers. Mm-hmm. So I will expect the 49ers to attack them in the run game relentlessly, right? I hope so. Against the Ravens, they stopped the run early, and then they zoned up the middle of the field, which forced Lamar to hold the ball. So here you Here's a great look at it. That's true. I would expect the Chiefs to be in a lot of fronts that look like this, right? Some five-man fronts. Now, on the motion, they get back to a four-man front, but you get play action. Whose offense does that look like? Play action is hacking the middle of the field. <laughs> the Niners, right? Yeah. And But now look at the athleticism on the back end and the linebackers of being able to take away that middle of the field. So now what does Lamar have to do? got to hold the ball and think something's coming open deeper but once you do that it gives you pass rush time so now they get the sack fumble again watching it from lamar's angle he thinks off the play action he's gonna have this deep dig coming open he wants it right now but the coverage right the guys are getting back then he's ready to uncork a deep one that point it's too late he's held the ball for too long yeah, so that's for sure. When the Chiefs stop the run, they're so good on the back end that it's really hard 
to play against them in that scenario when you become one-dimensional and you can only throw the ball. So I think the key for this side of the ball is going to come down to this. Can the Chiefs stop the run consistently enough to let their secondary shine? If I was giving a team an edge, I'd give the edge here to the 49ers. I think that 49ers run game, Shanahan having two weeks to prepare, I think he has mm-hmm. a little leg up there on Spagnolo. And if they can run the ball early and often, they won't get in these passing situations. It'll force the Chiefs to come up, to come up, to come up, and play man coverage them over the top. a lot. That's hard to do, right? You get play action. Um, it's gonna be, it's gonna really stress the secondary out. So if they can stop the run, keep themselves in the too high shell, allow them to take away the middle of the field. Okay, now you're now you're cooking with gas. I think if you're the Chiefs defense, but I don't know that they're gonna be able to do that. Quite frankly, I think the Chiefs run offense is too good. Yeah, I hope that's one thing I wish we saw last week too with the Ravens. They. What ran or two weeks ago they ran the ball like eight times or something that everyone was talking about, which they is didn't crazy. Stick to it. That's why yeah. I was critical of Todd Munkin and said the game plan wasn't wasn't good. Yeah. So let's go to the flip side. You got some Chiefs prop bets that you like. Yeah. So, uh, so I was look doing a little research, dug a little deep. You know, I, I did it with the with the Niners as well. I kind of I missed a bet too. I was going to mention. Uh, I kind of like. Christian McCaffrey receiving yards. He's played the, the 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 Chiefs twice in his career. First time he got like 34, and that the other time he got like 82 or something crazy when he was on the Panthers. So I kind of like that one as well. His line sits around like 35. It's a little high, but if if one thing says anything, it, they kind of go back to that. So that's another one you could keep your eyes open on. But for the Chiefs. Patty Mahomes has played the Niners, I believe, twice. And his, the times he's played him, he went 24 of 38 for 314, 25 for 34 for 423, and he had three touchdowns in both those games. So uh, that right there alone tells me, let's just take the yards on him. He's going to be throwing the ball all day. Some things never change, you know what I mean? And I think you kind of mm-hmm. have some some proof to that statement. And considering they lost... uh. Hufunga at one point in time to an ACL that kind of you know feeds the fire, and so his yards two sixty four and a half. I'm running with that. You could even if you feel ballsy take the one and a half passing touchdowns. Let's throw that on there too. Why not? Let's see. Travis Kelsey, he's got to show out for his girl. You know what I mean? He's <laughs> he's the best. He's got the best hands on the squad, and not only that, he's he's back in the Super Bowl. Could be a last one for the guy. Could be could be a last game here. Who knows? So seventy one and a half on his receiving yards. I like that. You could also take a, a a touchdown from him. One of the two. I was watching, I think NFL Network at the gym, and they were saying in all his uh, games he's done in the Super Bowl, he's either had a, over a hundred yards or at least a touchdown. So one mm. of those is bound to hit. Maybe even both. Yeah. Why not? Why not change that now? And then lastly. We're going to take our guy, Zaya Pacheco, his yards at 67 and a half. If we saw anything from that Lions game two weeks ago, is they ran for like 182 yards on those dudes with two backs. Isaiah Pacheco's their main dude, runs angry. You know what I mean? If they they got to stop him to in order to, to get things w- working out for them. So I like his yards. 
see what's going on with that because 182 between two dudes and they, they they barely snuck that one out. You know, if, if they don't win, which who knows how we look at that right now, and he might be running all over them boys. So those are my my chief props bets this week. Okay. Um, I'm with it. I really like the Mahomes over the 264 and a half. I do think he's going to play well. And, you know, uh, Kelsey is feels like a safe bet yeah, in any game definitely. right now, the way he's playing. So let's look at the Chiefs O versus the 49ers defense now. Um, the Chiefs offense right now starts and ends with Travis Kelsey. Uh, he's yep. been truly the only consistently reliable target from Mahomes throughout the season. Yeah, That's been so now. true in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, Right now, believe it or not, at 34 years old, <laughs> he's he's really close where he could set a career high in playoff yards and touchdowns if he had a, a pretty good game. Yeah. Um, he would need 99 yards and two touchdowns in the Super Bowl to set playoff career highs. Jeez. He's at 23 catches on 27 targets, 262 receiving yards. That's already good for third, third best in his playoff career um, uh-huh. with one game to go here. And then he has three touchdowns that would also be tied for third. Um, That's crazy. So if he if he gets or tied for second actually in touchdowns, if he gets one touchdown, he'd be tied for his you know four touchdowns the most he's had in a playoff seat you know in his career. And uh, so if he got two, he could break it. So that's how good he's been. He's beaten zone. He's so savvy right now that if you play zone, he's going to find the hole. He's beaten man, and part of it has been like. Again, the savviness of understanding like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you turn your hips, but I know Pat's going to put it on my back shoulder and I'm going to wait to go find that ball, right? Or, yeah. or I, I, my release is so good that I'm going to get that one step on you and I know that's all I need. So he's just been so good in the playoffs. You know, he's beaten guys like Kyle Hamilton and Jordan Poyer who are you know, some of the better safety matchups you could have. But you combine that with the emergence of Rashi Rice as mm-hmm. a legitimate threat throughout the playoffs, the ability of Pacheco to be efficient in the run game. He's averaging 4.6 yards a carry, scoring a touchdown in each of their playoff games. You put all that together, the Chiefs are super dangerous. Um, when we saw them play the the, the uh, Raiders on Christmas Day, I don't think anyone thought this was a Super Bowl-caliber offense. Yeah, They've figured it out. Sure. I mean, Andy Reid... Mahomes, all those guys I just talked about, they figured it out. And uh, I think people wrote them off a little too early, obviously. Right? Yeah. They didn't write that. You look at the 49er defense on the flip side, they've struggled to generate the same pressure with their front four. I mentioned this earlier as they have in years past. They had their lowest pass rush total since 2020. Their lowest pass rush total points. It's a stat that you guys, anybody can go look up on uh, 33rd team, which I highly recommend if you want more advanced stats, you want to dig into some stuff. 33rd team has got some really good stuff. Um, They have similar sack numbers this year, right? They have 48 sacks. Uh Um, Last year they had 44. The year before they had 48. So they, they haven't had too big of a difference in their sack numbers, but they're facing a lot more passes this season. They're facing almost the most passes in the league per game. So they rank 20th in sack percentage. Um, They're also giving up 63.35% completion percentage. 
and over 230 passing yards per game. Mm. Now, stylistically, they've changed, obviously, a little bit under Steve Wilkes from what they were under D'Amico Ryans. Um, Ryans loves to be in too high pre-snap, and they play a lot of quarters, right? So over 50%, 56 exact was uh-huh. his, of his defense was too high quarter okay. stuff. Whereas Steve Wilkes, he likes being in a one high a lot more, right? Middle of the field closed instead of open, um, which means generally, you know, you usually have more guys closer to the box or you're playing mm-hmm. cover one, you're playing man, right? Yeah. Um, he's been in a one high look 46% of the time this year. And what they try and do is they may even start one high, roll the two high, right? They they like okay. to disguise their coverage a little more than what the Niners were doing under D'Amico Ryans. Um, once again, a lot of that data I found on 33rd team. But, you know, this has produced mixed results throughout the year. I think the 49er reliance on a four-man rush hasn't always paid off like it did in previous seasons. They still have the big names, but the yeah, Bosa's and the Chase Young's and the Armstead, they're not getting home like they were. They're not running the same games up front. I think that's one thing that separates D'Amico Ooh. Ryans from a lot of people. Like the games he he dialed up on third downs where we, we looked at that a bunch yeah. last year. In Houston. We're not yeah. seeing that same stuff. It's a lot more like one-on-one jet rush like you beat your guy, right? Mm, um, and they're just yeah, not winning yeah. as much. Um, I think if they want to be successful against Mahomes and the Chiefs, it's no different than any other great quarterback we've ever talked about. You want to keep as many guys in coverage as possible, but you also don't want to give them all day, so you got to get pressure. So can mm-hmm. you consistently get pressure without sending more than four? Um, and then you got to believe Fred Warner is going to be huge against oh, definitely. Kelsey and McKinnon, right? And McKinnon activated this week. will be back. But those guys <laughs> in the passing game, Fred Warner's the matchup, right, that, that you're going to see more often than not. Um, so we look at these two teams. Let's – you know, let's look at the tape. You know, I talked a lot here, but let's really look at the tape. <laughs> okay, so I talked about Travis Kelsey. Okay, and yeah. then if you're looking at this, the Ravens are in cover one. Okay, one high safety. He's free in the middle of the field. He's going to read Mahomes. Everyone yeah. else is in man coverage. The two linebackers here, right, they're going to send four, and they're going to play boys with the two linebackers, what we always call boys, back out your side, right? So if the back goes out, to my side as a linebacker, I've got him. If I'm the opposite backer, I play like a low hole technique, right? I may spy Mahomes, sit in the low hole for the unders, right? Try and help take away okay. that stuff so we don't get picked, okay? The uh, the the Chiefs are going to run a mesh concept. And so really, Travis Kelsey is a clear route here. He's just running the vertical seam, right, from that wing position. You're going to yeah. get the dig. From the the tight end next to him, Rashi Rice is also going to run the 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 in route, the in breaker underneath, and then you're going to run the under, and the back is going to motion. Pacheco is going to motion over, and you're going to see Pacheco is going to run underneath that under, and he's going to pick the linebacker who's supposed to take him with that under route, oh. and Pacheco's actually wide open on this play, but Mahomes to Kelsey's so good that Mahomes just says, oh, I've got one-on-one with Kelsey. I'm throwing it to him. So if you watch it, it's pretty funny because it's pretty rare that you run an offensive play that's so good you could have scored a a touchdown two ways. Check this out. See Pacheco? His man's getting picked. So Pacheco is wide open over here on the left. It's an easy doesn't matter because Mahomes is like, I've got one-on-one. I don't care that that's all pro safety Kyle Hamilton. It's my guy, Travis Kelsey. Yeah. And Hamilton's actually on top. But Kelsey knows this. He's no dummy. And he and Mahomes have such great Back chemistry. Shoulder. 
back shoulder and it's a touchdown. That's yeah. ridiculous. That was covered. Pacheco was open, but it doesn't <laughs> matter. It doesn't matter. And here's a better view of them getting picked. Roquan Smith got, or uh, yeah, yeah, Roquan Smith got picked bad. Didn't matter because Kelsey's so good. Okay, so let's go to another play in the second half. All right. So once again, the Ravens. I told you they struggled in man coverage in this game. They're playing man again, cover one. Okay, and this is what makes playing man against these Chiefs so hard. And if you have to bring more than four, you likely have to play some more man, which puts you in these tough situations because Andy Reid is so good at designing stuff to beat you. Okay, so once again, you're going to see back out your side from the linebackers, one high safety. Everyone else is playing man. Now they're tighter to the line of scrimmage. Everyone's essentially pressing or near near pressing, right? On the outside of the bottom of the screen, you're just going to get switch release verticals. Okay. We're going to get Travis Kelsey as the number three player in the three-by-one. He's going to run the under, but he's really running it to pick for Rashi Rice again. And then they're going to motion Pacheco over to verify that it is truly cover one with oh, them man. playing back out your side. And you're going to see Pacheco run to the flat. Now watch. This time, Kelsey is the decoy because watch how the defense reacts. Remember when I told you the backers, whoever doesn't have the back, he's going to play a low hole, and he's going to actually try and help to keep from getting picked. But watch what happens. They motion Pacheco over. They run him to the flat. That linebacker's fine. He's in great position. Here come the unders, Rice and Kelsey. Oh, look at that. He Kelsey's okay. savvy, he picks him, but doesn't actually touch him. Yeah. And now Patrick Queen's like, oh, I gotta stay with Kelsey. And then the man coverage player's been beat by Rashi Rice. Now look at that. Rashi Rice gets a catch and run for a first down, critical third down in that game. Huge play. And that's why it happens because everyone's so worried about Travis Kelsey. Right? Yeah, true. They even covered the back this time. This is the brilliance of Andy Reid combining what his players yeah, do one best. step right there is crazy. With what you're seeing from the defense. Okay, so now we go to the Niners, and here's some stuff that they were doing. And these are the kinds of things that they may be able to do to stop the Chiefs. When you look at the look initially, and we'll go back to the drawing part of it, it looks like Fred Warner's coming, right? It looks like they're going to bring a five-man yeah. pressure, bring Fred Warner with Chase Young off the edge and Bosa off the edge, right? Instead, they're actually going to drop both Chase Young and Fred Warner and bring Drake Greenlaw. So it's only a four-man rush. They keep seven in pressure in, in coverage, but this uh -huh. is what I was talking about where you're going to show, right, simulated pressure to one side, drop out, bring someone to the other. Right, this is that new school defensive football. You got to simulate yeah. pressure from one side, bring it from the other, so you disguise where things are coming from. And then they're just going to play an inverted cover two look. That's all it is, inverted cover two with the safety kind of playing the the robber in the middle of the field. Right. Yeah. Here we go. Now watch what happens to Jared Goff. Watch, really watch Fred Warner. So he looks like he's coming. He drops out. Goff wants this throw right here. But who gets in his vision? Fred Warner. Warner. So he has to pull it down. He realizes what the coverage is. He thinks he's getting pressure. I'm going to throw where the pressure came from. Oh, crap. Fred Warner's there. I have to pull this down. Oh, no. I'm getting sacked by Joey Bosa. 
So this is where we talk about the Niners have to be creative to help themselves get pressure with four. And and Steve Wilkes did a better job of this as the game went on. Really look at Fred Warner from the behind angle because you can see what Goff saw. It's he wants that throw. Green and he's, yep. Green law on the, the other angle. On the other mm-hmm. angle, it looked like he got up there to like try to bat that ball down. But on that side, it didn't look all too crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so ultimately, I think the Niners, if they're creative to help themselves get that pressure with four, they they have a shot here. Um, but they also are going to need to be able to stop the run early, right? Because they've also, like the Chiefs, struggled stopping the run. Oh. Um, and then also they got to they have to find a way to generate pressure on Mahomes without sending five or six. And then what's your game plan for stopping Kelsey? That's the other part yeah. of this side of the ball. So just like I thought, there's an advantage for the Niners when they're on offense. I think there's an advantage for the Chiefs when they're on offense. So. Mm-hmm. That may indicate where I'm leaning here in terms of points, the over-under. I like the advantages both offenses have. All right. Yeah. So um, as we get looking at final score predictions here, Jody, um, where, are you, where are you leaning right now? So my final answer to this question of over-under was going to be the over. I like the Chiefs winning the game, unfortunately enough. I convinced I don't him. I converted him. No, I gone against them the whole playoffs. There's no point for me to keep doing that just out of spite. You know what I mean? I truly, I truly do think they're gonna win. So I take the Chiefs 31. I got the Niners at 27. Okay. Um, similar score here. We're both saying that the teams will linger around the 30s. Yeah. Which means we really like the so. over. Um, I think I, I'm I'm with I'm with you in agreement, unless that we have a lot of turnovers or the defenses play above their head the way that they've mm-hmm. played in the playoffs. And I know that I just got through talking about how well the Chiefs have played defensively yeah. in the playoffs, so I get that. But that um, no one's really forced them to stop the run yet is the big thing. And, the, and they didn't True. stop the run against the Bills. That's why the Bills put up 24 points on them. But I, I like both offenses to score. I like it to get near the 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, right yeah. now... It feels like it's going to be a close game to me. I don't think either team blows the other out. The way I see it, I like Purdy to kind of come up clutch and everyone likes it. Like, oh, he did it <laughs> to put him up like 31-30. But then he leaves Mahomes too much time. And Mahomes yeah. goes back and he actually does do it. So I've got Chiefs 33, Niners 31. Um, game-winning field goal for the Chiefs, Harrison Bucker, um, to, to win the game. Yeah, no, I mean, at the end of the day, all I could hope for is that good game, you know. point, Good yeah. points, hit that bet, and then, you know, make the game real interesting. Good game, but, good food, it's a good Super Bowl exactly. Sunday. Exactly. <laughs> but speaking of, of random bets, you know what I mean? We got plenty yeah, that, that get say, rolled. there's some fun ones here. Yeah, but there's plenty that get rolled out for the Super Bowl. You know, Gatorade, what what color are they drinking? You know, Or not what, what do they drink? What color gets dumped on the coach? <laughs> But I, I would like to know which ones are drinking low-key. Uh, heads or tails to start off the game, you know what I mean? A bunch of fun ones that you can look at. So to start off, I'm taking heads. Come on. I, I know tails never fails. But how often do you see heads win? You know what I mean? It's it, it, it do. <laughs> heads? No, 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 no. Obviously, 50-50 on a coin. Don't get me wrong. But I believe Tails has won like seven years in a row. It's got it's due. It's due. 
Easy. The gambler's fallacy. But yeah. go ahead. <laughs> and in terms of Gatorade color, I think, if I remember correctly, I think purple was the favorite because that's uh, one of the colors that the Chiefs have dumped on Andy Reid before. I like orange. Obviously, they're both colored in red. I think orange seems like a good play. It's been chosen a few times out of the last like five years. I think it just makes sense. Both teams are colored red. They're not going to be drinking yellow. Blue blue or purple has a shot. I think those are truly the best ones that you can make from the big jug. I don't know if you <laughs> if you would say the same from us playing, but I think orange is the final I just, answer. I got to interject here and just I may, I may alienate some fan base here, but when we're when we're betting on the Gatorade bath color, I, I'm sorry, you're a degenerate. <laughs> <laughs> the analysis just now on the Gatorade color had me rolling, dude. I, I, <laughs> there's nothing else I can say. I mean, there's yeah, no, I there's no analysis, dude. This is luck of the draw here. No, it is. But I mean, when, if it's plus money, why not take it? You know, the the cha- right, the right. it's, it's the classic math, you know, where it's the yeah, expected sure. return. If you if you do x amount you know you're expected to win this amount like more often than not you're expected to lose when you play like slots or whatever but the one time yeah. you win you know what i mean all right, all right. <laughs> keep giving me some absurd prop bets here let's yeah, go yeah. let's keep it rolling right, so a- another one that happens early on is they they had some for both patty mahomes and brock purdy and then the other matchup was travis kelsey and christian mccaffrey when you sing america the beautiful I think what makes sense to me is we're gonna see Travis Kelsey before Christian McCaffrey, and we'll probably even see Taylor Swift. You might, you might see Kelsey first. He's like the most famous football player in America right now. That's what I'm saying. So we'll see him, and then we'll see probably Taylor Swift before we even see Christian McCaffrey. So I'm taking take take Travis Kelsey on that one. Another one is the time frame of how long it takes to sing the song. I think this This one's always funny to me. I think this one is actually the the shortest national anthem. Like a while, right? Yeah, the the national anthem. I think it's the shortest over under on the national anthem for a Super Bowl in like years. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Well, it sits at a minute and twenty eight seconds. I was just gonna take the over. I don't know who Reba Wilson is. I don't know what type of music she sings, but I'm assuming it's gonna take a while. So I'm taking the over okay. on that one. Okay, and then. I got two more for you. One more that I'm going to look at right now is the longest penalty that will be given on a given play. So it sits at 15 and a half. Clearly, if, it's, if you get a PI, that's 15. Yeah. If, if it's anything longer, it would mean to happen farther down the field, put the ball up there. And so I'm saying, yes, that happens. Why not? You're saying there's, there's going to be a PI for 16 plus for, yards. Yeah, exactly. Easily. Right. It's going to happen, especially probably critical late in the game. Causes some controversy. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised. Probably for the Chiefs, if we're being honest. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to guess. Yeah, no. I, yeah. <laughs> and to close out these random bets that we're looking at is going to be Drake. Do you think he's wearing the Chiefs or do you think he's going to rock for the Niners? <laughs> I think. I think if you want to be this honest... Is- this is extremely funny because my man Drake is trending today for <laughs> maybe the wrong yeah. reasons. Yeah, he was. <laughs> I'm not saying he, anything he, he else was, about he was, that. He was doing some. He's playing pool. You know what I mean? But uh, I think my guy's gonna. I think 
truly, if if I was doing this objectively, I think he would rock for the Niners, considering the, the Bay Area is a lot more prominent in terms of music. But I can't I can't focus on anything you're saying because you said he was playing pool. I can't. You know, I'm, I'm I'm gone. I'm done. I'm no good anymore. Oh no. I mean, he's a bandwagoner. He's got to wear the chief stuff. No, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I think oh. if in terms of music, I think he would have to look towards the Niners. But if in terms of who he wants to win, I think he wants the Chiefs to win. And that's where he's going to make right. money. Especially since they're underdog. He's going to put a lot on stake, I'm assuming. That's where I'm going with that one. All right. Around well, uh, fun props. We'll close it out here before we get ourselves in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we just want to say uh, we enjoy we are we hope you enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday. Hope you know after you listen to this, you feel ready to see all the action. You're ready with your prop bets. You're ready with um, you know the strategy of the game that's going to go in. You know with both teams, you you know what to look for. I challenge you. Watch matchups. Don't always watch the ball. It's a fun way to watch football. And when you start doing it, mm-hmm. you learn a lot more. Um, yeah, but enjoy the Super Bowl on Sunday, and uh, you know, let's hope there's good food, good football. That's all we can ask for. Some good and, uh, commercials because I feel like we missed out on those a little bit good, recently. Good commercials, good commercials, yeah, for sure. And uh, we'll let our guy Ray Ray take us out until we see you after the Super Bowl. Yes, sir. Listen to the passion, man, he on the sun. 
Guns up in the air if you know some. Better tell them make way for the chosen one. Make way for the chosen one. Listen to the passion many on the Sunday. Guns up in the air if you know some. Better tell them make way for the chosen one.